Hello, and welcome back to the Iowa Type Theory Commute. I'm Aaron Stump, and we are talking about proof theory. We talked about natural deduction style of uh, proof systems for a little bit. And, I mean, certainly there's lots more one could discuss about that. But we have this basic idea that we have rules um, for each connective of your logic. You have an introduction rule and an elimination rule. Uh, and the introduction rule is for proving a formula that begins with that connective. An elimination rule is if you've already deduced that formula, what you know what can you conclude from it? It's like if you deduced uh, a conjunction A and B, let's say, then the <laughs> elimination rules for and let you conclude A and also conclude B from this. Um, okay, so that's natural reduction. Now I want to talk a little bit about sequent calculus. Uh, which is another very important sort of style of formalization of rules. It's, <clears throat> it can be used in um, different logics. And I had a nice conversation on email there with the listener. Thanks so much for raising the question, like, what is a logic? Yeah, I mean, we're talking about, well, not to dive into it here too much more, but um, we have some system that ha we have some notion of what's a formula, and we are giving some kind of definition for a subset of those formulas that are the valid formulas. And there's different ways to do, you know, these things. Uh, and we're talking about the proof-theoretic way of saying what the valid formulas are. The valid formulas are the ones that you can deduce from the axioms, which are the, the proof rules that don't have any premises, don't require anything to use them. What can you deduce from the axioms by applying the rules a finite number of times? We're just talking about finite uh, derivations. Yes, yes, there are exotic logics where you could have infinite derivations of various kinds, infinite formulas of various kinds. Um, it's fun to think about and look into. Uh, but, you know, for most mainstream uses of these things, these ideas, we're talking about finite formulas, finite derivations. So we have these true derivation trees. They're trees because some of our proof rules require several premises. So we have some branching factor, a finite branching factor, like two. Uh, <clears throat> okay, so anyway, natural reduction, that's kind of the overview. And sequent calculus now, also invented by Garrett Genson, and I'm super sorry, um, I had it wrong who his doctoral dissertation advisor was, and I'm sure all of you were getting that tattooed as I was telling you, so really, my bad. Um, just just draw a line through that. It's, uh, yeah, his, um, David Hilbert, who invented proof theory, was his academic grandfather. So Hilbert was Vile's advisor, W-E-Y-L, and Vile was Genson's advisor. Well, I sure hope I remember that right this time. Anyway, um, so uh, sequent calculus is set up a little differently and from natural deduction, but it has a, lo a lot in common with it. And in fact, I personally believe that it has more in common with it than maybe has previously been just, uh, you know, considered. But Anyhow, the idea is, with sequent calculus, with natural reduction, as I said, we have introduction and elimination rules. With sequent calculus, we have, we're interested in deriving sequence. Okay, a sequent is just like a list of formulas and then some kind of symbol that means implies. So it's common to use turnstile or like a fat arrow or whatever, something that separates assumptions in your sequent 
from a concluding formula. Or for classical logic, you can have a, a set of concluding formulas. Are they sets? Are they lists? Are they multi-sets? Um, I'm not going to get super fussed about it. Uh, it. It's you can you know there's little technicalities about exactly how you set these things up that can be important in some settings. But for here, you know, we have a, a, a list of assumptions and then we have a concluding formula. Or in classical logic, it can be a, 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 a more than one concluding formula. And the rules, so that's, that's we're going to have rules that derive these sequence. Let's just say, mm, yeah, I'm not really sure if I should go, yeah, okay, I guess I better just say, yeah. Let's say we have a list of, let's say we're in classical logic and we have a list of sequence on the right. And actually, even in intuitionistic logic, you can do it that way too, but there's some wrinkles um, to get it to work out to be intuitionistic instead of classical logic. So... Anyway, you have, in sequent calculus, you have rules for deriving the, the formula on the right part of your sequent. Um, let's call that the consequent. Uh, and those rules for deriving those formulas look, are just like the introduction rules of natural deduction. So if you're trying to prove a sequent whose consequent is an and, then one thing you can do is try to prove the two conjuncts separately and give two different proofs of those conjuncts, well, possibly different proofs of those conjuncts. And that uh, deduction where you're like, okay, I've proved A from my antecedent of my, my sequent. I have A for my assumptions, B for my assumptions, and I conclude A and B. You know, that's absolutely the same as in natural deduction. I mean, it's really, really the same if you're using the formulation of natural deduction that uses sequence just as a way of keeping track of what assumptions are currently in scope. Um, we talked about this a couple episodes back when we were talking about implication introduction in natural deduction. Okay, but uh, in sequence calculus, though, the, okay, so we have these right rules. They call them right rules instead of introduction rules because there are also left rules where, um, well, one way, I mean, there's different ways to look at this. Um, a sort of syntactically obvious way to look at it is that the left rules, where the right rules let you introduce a connective as you move from premises to conclusion of a rule, they let you introduce a connective on the right, the left rules, well, they let you introduce a connective on the left. Uh, and, you know, that again, that's sort of like a syntactically obvious, like sort of formal view of these rules. If you look at the rules, you have rules like, like the rule, the left rule for and um, says, uh, basically it's all these left rules are going to say, well, if you proved some consequent from certain assumptions, then you could just as well prove it from some other assumptions. So like if I proved a consequent from some assumptions that include A, I could also prove it from assumptions that instead of having an A there, have an A and B. Because A and B is a stronger um, assumption to have. So if, if, if I was able to prove what I wanted to prove just using A, then if somebody says, okay, I tell you what, you get to use A and B now. I'd be like, oh, that's great. That's no problem for me because I only needed A, and from a proof of A and B, I definitely can have a proof of A. So the left rule um, for and, yes, is like this. If, one, if you proved a consequent 
um, if you've done a proof where one of your antecedents has an, one of the conjuncts in it, then um, you can also prove that consequent with uh, an antecedent that has the conjunction in it. Okay? Um, so that's and left. Uh, or left. Now, unlike the sad state of affairs for natural deduction rules, the or rules are work great. So what you do is you say, um, if I, um, to prove um, a, a sequent where I have a disjunction in the, in the antecedent part, in my list of assumptions, um, then what I need to do is prove the same consequent, but just use one of the disjuncts, like use A, but I need to have two proofs. I need to prove, um, I need to prove my consequent from A and my consequent from, consequent from B, and then I'm entitled to conclude that my consequent follows from A or B. Because, of course, if, if I'm assuming A or B, then I know it's either A or it's B. And I gave two subproofs: one that shows what I'm trying to prove when it, we have an A, and one that shows what I'm trying to prove when we have a B. And so that's, that's definitely sound. So the or left rule says you've got two subproofs. One of them has assumption A and proves something. The other has assumption B and proves that same thing. And then in the conclusion, you have assumption A or B, and you prove the same thing. Okay, so actually, that's like one of the like amazing kind of funky mysteries is that sequent calculus, or is like kind of I mean like what the heck? What's the big problem with or? It should be fine, but natural deduction, it's or is a mess, and sequent calculus or is perfectly well behaved because notice we didn't have any weird violations. I mean, well, I didn't say what the sort of formal rules of formal property that sequent calculus rules should have, but we didn't need to pull a formula. Um, uh, out of we didn't have a sort of unconnected formula here. We have uh, assumption has A or B, and then other you know the, the subproofs. My assumption is A. My assumption is B. I have all these other formulas that are kind of hanging around, including the formula I'm proving from these things. But that's the way all the left rules work. There's no kind of weird deviation. Um, okay. Well, anyway, um, it's time to go talk about automata theory in class here. So uh, thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to let me know if you would like to do the mini course on normalization for type systems in the last three weeks of October, evening central U.S. time. So sorry, friends in Europe, that this is a bad time for you, but it's, I really am against the wall. I have no way to get that done earlier in the day because I'm taking care of my children all the day long. Uh, so yeah, please let me know by the end of the month. I'm kind of going to put a little lightweight deadline there by the end of the month of September if you want to do this so I can kind of get you know, sort of head counts and things like that. I mean, so far, I've got four people who want to do it. So um, there's plenty more room for others who might want to jump in and do it. Um, one other little reminder, um, you'll be so kind if some kind listener would please consider giving $5 to support the podcast. Um, but more importantly, as I told you, to give me some kudos where I'm going to get an email where somebody says, hey, uh, you just got $5 for this Iowa type theory commute thing. What, what is that? And I get to say, oh, it's this podcast I have. And, and some people really like it. And that's why they gave you $5. So a couple episodes ago, I posted instructions on how to give to you. Give it. Don't give it to me personally. You don't want me going out and buying bubble gum or something with it. You can, you're just going to give it to the University of Iowa. And I gave instructions how to do that. And it's a tiny bit complicated. I'm really sorry. There's just a, like Iowa giving webpage. You have to kind of find the right 
thing to give to or you're giving it to support the hospital or something. Okay, thank you again so much for listening and hope you're well wherever you are.